The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity FM partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Main Street Vegan Show. I'm Victoria Moran, and I'm just tickled pink to have you here with me today and also with some terrific women. One is coming after the break, and that's Christy Morgan. She's amazing. She's a cookbook author, a bodybuilder, the editor and publisher of Definition Fitness Magazine, and she's also a real champion for women appreciating their bodies, regardless of shape, size, etc. So that'll be a little bit later, but right now, I would love to introduce you to an old friend of mine. Not old in that old way, but old (laughs) in from a long time ago, Hadn't seen her in a really long time. And then she surfaced as the author of a wonderful book, Healing Circles, Grieving, Healing, and Bonding with Our Animal Companions. And this is Joy Davey. Joy is a licensed clinical professional counselor with a private practice in Hinsdale, Illinois. And she is also an expert on pet grief. Now, I happen to know her when she was an expert on moms and babies and toddlers, and we were all back in the western suburbs of Chicago raising babies and toddlers in in the 1980s. Uh, My daughter was then a tiny little thing, and and Joy was there with her kids, and we were doing the uh, attachment parenting thing. If anybody is, is a mom and is interested in, gosh, what's attachment parenting? Go to the archives of the Main Street Vegan Show and look for the show with Chloe Jo Davis of Girly Girl Army because she is a young mom right now doing attachment parenting, which is a lovely way to love a tiny human. And we're here to talk about loving other beings, those companion animals who share our lives. Welcome, Joy. Thank you, Victoria. I'm so excited. And I'm really glad you mentioned attachment parenting. Back in the 1980s, we used to call it La Leche League style parenting. (laughs) And now I think a more common way to, although La Leche League's still going too, people call it attachment parenting now, but it's basically the same idea. And it's about the bond, which was what fascinated us so much back in the 80s. And as you say, today we're talking about another bond, and that's the bond between us and our companion animals. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to love someone. But it seems that the nature of life on Earth is that in almost every case, 
someone leaves and someone is left. And certainly there's been so much work done on, on human to human grief. And oftentimes when we lose a companion animal, it's minimized. And, and people say things, and you list these in your book, the worst things that you can say to someone who has lost a beloved companion animal are things like, well, it was just an animal, or you can get another one. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So exactly. tell us about this process, Joy. Well, you know, pet grief is what we call a disenfranchised grief, meaning it's one that's not recognized. So that that really gives the griever an additional burden. In, in, in addition to feeling the grief about this big loss, they also have a feeling of either shame, like they shouldn't be feeling this way, or at the very least they shouldn't talk about it because other people might think, that that's not normal to love an animal that much or to be that upset for that long. So, yes, people will say things like, you do realize it was just an animal, don't you? Or, oh, is that still bothering you? Or, hey, why don't you just get another one? Things that people would not say if it were the loss of a human. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when, listening to you say these things here. It sounds like, oh, nobody could be that callous. And yet we've all had those things said to us by by people who are otherwise intelligent and caring. It seems to be a reflection of society's um, value of non-human beings, perhaps. I think so. I think that's part of it. And in general, I think our society is very uncomfortable with death and grief anyway, no matter who. It's four. And so when you are grieving and your friend sees it, maybe your friend feels very uncomfortable because they don't want to be put in touch with their own grief because they have no idea how to make it better and they think they need to say something to make it better. Yes. We really kind of lack the skills as a society as far as what to do with other people's grief. And the best thing you can do is just be there and listen and say, I'm here if you want to talk about it and let the person tell their story and just be supportive. You don't have to come up with a solution because you really can't. Yes. Well, one of the things that I really enjoy about your book is you lay everything out in a very easy way. You have numbered lists. You have things that make a lot of sense. And I think this is especially important when someone is in a grief process. They can't really process too much all at once. So so this lovely book, Healing Circles, is so helpful. One of the listings that you had that I found really special, you were talking about how someone might feel guilty that they're grieving so much over the loss of a companion animal, possibly showing more emotion at this loss than they had at the loss of, of some humans whom they also loved, and they don't know what to make of that. And you talked about some of the ways in which we are close to animal companions in ways that it's just not possible to be close to other humans. Can you talk about some of those? Yes, it's a very interesting thing. I think as our society has gotten more complex, we've gotten more technological, we've gotten busier, certainly everybody's very busy, Um, it seems that we are kind of not realizing it, but we're isolating ourselves. Now, with the Internet, of course, we're also connecting more, paradoxically, which is wonderful. We're connected with people all over the world, and people everywhere, could, for example, could be listening to this podcast, and they might not otherwise have access to this kind of information. But at the same time, as individuals, very often, we're by ourselves, we're with our computer or with our smartphone, And we might not be interacting with the very people who are even in the same house with us, but the cat is always on your lap. You know, the dog is always taking a nap right under your feet. You have physical touch, probably with your pets, more than you have with any human being. Unless you're a nursing mother, then that would be different. But for for the most part, you're not touching anybody that much as you are your dog, your cat, your house rabbit, or whatever pet it is. And so, you know, when you pet your dog for, I believe it's three minutes, you get a release of oxytocin in your brain, and so does the dog. And the oxytocin, as we remember from our La Leche League days, that's the mothering hormone. That's the hormone that makes you feel nurturing and makes you take care. And so there's this 
physiological connection that goes on between us and our animals, which doesn't happen with anybody else. And the other thing is, um, there are many things, but one is that the relationship is not so complex. If the animal doesn't remember past grudges or past things to be resentful about, the animal's living in this moment and loves you in this moment. Also, the animal's able to be supportive of you in a way that no person can. Every idea you have is a great idea. You want to go out and throw the ball? Great. You want to take a nap? Great. (laughs) Everything's great. There's no person that does that for you, you know? So, of course, the connection is, is very, very special. There's nobody that does that for you. So, of course, when that's gone, you do feel the loss and the vacuum of it, especially if your animal became your main emotional support, which in many cases... The animal is your main emotional support. You might have friends. You might have all kinds of people in your life. But the one who's really there for you all the time, without any conditions or any strings attached, is your dog or your cat. Joy, you have just done the near impossible. You have vindicated an old boyfriend in my mind. (laughs) I I used to date a fellow and, and... Probably one of the reasons that I broke up with him was that he said to me one day, I have had two wives and three children, and I have never loved anybody as much as my dog, Lucky. And I remember thinking, well, number one, I'm not anywhere in that list. That tells me something. And number two, I love animals a lot, but isn't that odd that you would confess that level of love for a non-human compared to the humans in your life. But now that you're explaining it, you know, I, I understand, and I'm understanding some of the incredible closeness that I feel to my little rescue uh, dog, Forbes, who is right here at my feet right now, because everything you said, it's so true. Complete forgiveness, complete happiness, complete trust, um, Quite a something to aspire to for us all. So what about joy when someone has lost a companion animal to death? How can people heal that pain and that grief? Well, you know, there are two things. There's grieving and mourning, and they're not the same. You know, grieving is what you feel inside, and mourning is what you do to show that you're grieving. So with people and now ever more with animals, there are ways to show the outside world that you're grieving, such as uh, with an animal, you might have the ashes, and you might decide to do something special with those ashes, to sprinkle them in a place where the dog or cat or or rabbit used to like to go. Um, You might create a shadow box and put collars and tags and toys and things like that in there. Or you might have a decorative box that you put on a shelf where you keep those uh, reminiscent things. You might plant a tree or you might get a bench and engrave the animal's name on it. Something outward, a scrapbook, you know, anything like that is a, a way of mourning. And we create mourning rituals to help us process the grief. Um, a huge thing is telling the story to someone who will listen sympathetically and supportively. So, a therapist who understands pet grief, a pet grief support line. Um, And I have links to those on my website if people would like to find out what are some numbers they could call. A pet grief support group. I facilitate one of those out here in the western suburbs of Chicago, and you can find them. I have a link to a website where you can find the closest support group to you. Or maybe you have just a, a friend who will just listen to you. It might be an animal person or not an animal person, but they care about you enough to know that it's important to you and listen. And some people find it's helpful to tell their story over and over and over again until they don't need to tell it anymore. So you need somebody patient who gets that. Um, Another thing you can do is really, for this time period, when you're in the deep, raw period of grief, is to limit the amount of time you spend with people who don't get it. Uh, who challenge you and who want you to feel something other than what you're feeling. You you might want to just back off from them for a little while because they're not helping and they don't mean any harm, but they don't understand. And so you want to be with people 
who can support you through this because it is a big deal. Those are such great suggestions. When our dog Aspen passed away several years ago, my daughter made the most beautiful DVD and she put it on Facebook and she put it some other places and then she made it an actual DVD to hold and and, and put a lovely picture of, of Aspen on, on the DVD. And it was very important. I think it was important for her to make it. It was important to the rest of us who loved Aspen to watch that. And, and tributes are so important. I think sometimes, Joy, we feel that we're too sophisticated to need ritual and, and to need some of these things that helped people in earlier times. But I don't know that we're that much different emotionally from anybody who's ever walked on this planet just because we're sophisticated and have a lot of computers. That's true. That is so true. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the actions that we can take can really help us to realize we're resolving the grief, we're honoring it, we're giving it importance so that we can work through it. Yes, yes. And even though we don't want to say you can get another one, no. there there is the wonderful light at the end of the tunnel that when we're ready, I know we weren't able, I wasn't able to adopt another animal being until almost three years after our last cat left this earth. But when the time was right, the, the time was right. So part of me is like, oh, so many animals need homes. But on the other hand, you want to welcome an animal just as you would welcome a child into a home that's ready and, and a heart that's ready. One way, a wonderful, wonderful way to deal with grieving and a wonderful gift to give to anyone that you know who has lost a beloved animal friend is Joy Davies' book, Healing Circles, Grieving, Healing, and Bonding with Our Animal Companions. You can get that on Amazon or um, wherever books are sold. It's Joy Davies, D-A-V-Y. You can also go to Joy's website for all these wonderful resources, Joy, D-A-V-Y dot com. And she's also on Facebook. Uh, that's a little bit longer, but Joy hyphen Davy hyphen MS. Go that far and you'll probably find the rest <laughs> of it. If not, you can go through the website and get to her that way. Joy, let's not make it another 30 years. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much deal. for being in touch. Thanks for this beautiful book. Everybody else, stay with us. We will be back with Christy Morgan, Definition Fitness. like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. If I were brave, I'd walk the razors where fools and dreamers dare to tread and never lose faith. How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. 
Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for being part of this episode of the Main Street Vegan Program. I'm here right now with Christy Morgan. Christy has been tantalizing taste buds for years as a vegan chef, cooking instructor, food writer, and cookbook author. If you don't have in your collection Blissful Bites, plant-based meals that nourish mind, body, and planet, then you need to get hold of that. These are some really, really dazzling recipes. And Christy is now an NASM certified personal trainer, soon to be yoga instructor. She is the editor-in-chief and the creator of Definition Magazine, the new vegan magazine for women interested in health and fitness. And this woman works out. This woman has muscle. Now, she doesn't have muscle like if you're scared of muscle. She has muscle like you don't really know until you get close and say, may I touch your bicep, please. I can do that. I've known her a long time. She's really got it going on. Welcome, Christy Morgan. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I'm so, so happy that you were able to join us today. I've been following your work for so long, and I love reinvention. And I know you haven't totally reinvented because I know you're still the blissful chef, But for people who know you as the Blissful Chef and they know Blissful Bites and they think of you in the same sentence as food, now we're kind of thinking of you in the same sentence as getting to the gym. What happened? Well, basically, I started getting into fitness. I didn't really do much growing up. I didn't play sports. Um, The only thing I did do was yoga, and we can talk about that more later. But um, there was this gym in Austin that was owned by vegans, and I started going there and started powerlifting and lifting weights, which I had never done before. So that was really exciting to me, and I was getting stronger, and I felt great. Just being in my body felt better, and it took my health to a whole nother place because I've been vegan since I was like 23, um, for a long time. And I already felt awesome. And then once I got into fitness, I just felt even more amazing. And I never realized how important it was to have both the diet and fitness. Like people, a lot of times will do one or the other, but really both I feel like is the key to optimal health. I think you're so right. Jay Dinshaw used to talk about all these various needs of, of life. Jay Dinshaw, uh, founder, co-founder of the American Vegan Society, and he would say that it's what you're not doing that'll get you. So you might have a great diet, but if you're not exercising or if you're not sleeping enough or if you're not managing your stress or if you're not drinking enough water, then regardless of what else you've got going for you, it's the one you don't have that's going to come up and get you from behind. So I've always remembered that. So 23, that's a pretty young age for going vegan. How did all that get started? Basically, um, I moved to Los Angeles after college and I became friends with a woman named Sue Davis who owns Counterculture in Austin, Texas. And she had been vegetarian since she was like 15. And she showed me the meet your meat video 
because I was really open to it because I had vegetarian friends in college and I never cooked meat at my house or anything. Um, so I was sort of like on the path in that direction. And she showed me that video and I was just horrified. And we both went vegan together overnight. And then I started teaching myself how to cook because I didn't grow up cooking, which is sort of a lost art for people in my generation and uh, after my generation and before my generation, like cooking is sort of a lost art. So I started teaching myself how to cook. And that's when I got passionate about cooking and wanted to learn more. So I went back to Austin to go to a natural foods um, culinary school. Aha. Fascinating. I love what you said about people not cooking. Before I moved to New York, so gosh, this must have been 15 years ago, I spoke for a group of nurses at a hospital in Kansas City and the night before, the phone rang, and it was this lovely young nurse who said, excuse me, this was a potluck thing where I was supposed to be speaking. She said, what's dice? And at first, I didn't understand the question, and then I got it. Her recipe said she was supposed to dice some vegetable, and she didn't know what that meant. And I thought, oh, so this is what happened when they stopped making you take home ec. You know, somebody can have gone through college and, and not know what dice is. It's really so, tragic. <laughs> well, it is because it's a basic life skill. I mean, you need to know how to feed yourself because maybe the drive through will be closed. I think we're getting more of that. And in a way, there seems to be this tremendous resurgence of, of an interest in the culinary arts if television shows are any indication. This is true. Yeah. I, I saw an ad for the one where these children are going up against chefs. And it would have been really fascinating and intriguing, except that the first or second child in the commercial was doing foie gras. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, no. the kid may be a prodigy, but still needs education in some areas. So let's get into the bodybuilding powerlifting I, I've known about women's powerlifting since my 20s. I blew out my knee running when running was a new craze, but nobody ever said, don't do it in canvas keds on concrete. So I had this real problem with my knee and then was referred to a fellow who had been at one time Mr. Something. I don't know if it was Universe or America, but it was one of the great big bodybuilding titles. And his wife was the then reigning power lifting champion in this country in her um, age and, and weight range. And, and I learned about what that is and then was reintroduced about maybe six months ago. And, and listeners, you can go to the Main Street Vegan Radio archives and look up the show with Pat Reeves. She is in her 70s and she holds uh, titles in the UK and, and other places as a powerlifter. She's a vegan and actually a raw fooder. And I love things that don't necessarily go together. So when I say to you, 75-year-old or 70-something-year-old vegan raw fooder, the image is not somebody who can pick up a great big old weight and, you know, <laughs> hold on to it for a while. So how did you get interested in weights? Well, that woman sounds amazing, and I think we need to feature her in the magazine. Oh, oh, you must. Yeah, you get must. me in touch with her. <laughs> there have been all these articles in England where, you know, they call her Power Granny. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, so I was doing powerlifting at this gym, which I'd never done before, and I wasn't competing or anything, um, and I'm not that strong, to tell you the truth. But uh, I started dating a bodybuilder. And I would go to bodybuilding shows with him and support him. And then I started training more in a bodybuilding style. And he kept saying to me, you know, you could be up there too on the stage. And I was like, no way. No way am I going to prance around in a bikini. Um, but he inspired me and I started training and I did a competition and I kind of scratched that off the list. <laughs> like, I don't feel like I need to do it again. Um, it's a different kind of world that... 
has some pluses and minuses, but there are amazing vegan athletes killing it out there in bodybuilding shows. Well, obviously in endurance sports, um, you know, Scott Jerk just did that amazing um, record-breaking um, pass through the, I forget what, the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Um, and right now I really just kind of work out for health and for the love yes. of it. I don't feel like I need to compete. Um, I gave a talk at Vita Vegan Con where I was telling my story and I'm pretty much mediocre when it comes to competing. <laughs> like my second triathlon, I got third in my age group and there was only six people. So I was right in the middle and I feel like competing is just not for me. Um, it doesn't, bring me joy necessarily but i love watching other people compete and do what they love well it's, so. it's it's an incredible thing i'm so excited that we have all these vegan athletes and i actually watched for the first time america's ninja warrior <laughs> and even that the, these people who are doing these astonishing feats it, it's it's really something so i understand that you're not competing, but just for those who, who don't know about competitive bodybuilding for women, you can be a bodybuilder or a fitness model. Is, are those the two? Um, there's there's usually two, there's usually three or four categories depending on the show and they mm -hmm. all have different levels of um, muscularity and conditioning and they all have different poses. So uh, you if you want to get into it, you might start a bikini, which is the bottom level of, and it's more curvy and less um, definition and less um, like striations and leanness. And then it goes up from there. So there's something for everyone in bodybuilding. And, and I definitely think it was a, it was definitely a good experience. And it also got me in the best shape of my life. And it changed my mindset about, the way women are quote unquote supposed to look, mm -hmm. um, it actually inspired me to want to put on muscle and challenge the status quo and not be thin or be less. It inspired me to be more and it inspired me to start the magazine because I didn't have, there was no magazine out there for me that was for vegans that had vegan food and that had inspiration as a vegan athlete. And also that empowered and lift, lifted women up. So, um, you know, we're all, we all have different body types. We're all going to have different goals and wants and desires. And there's no one right way to look. And I just hope that people, like there's sort of the dark side of the bodybuilding community, I feel like, is just the whole fitspiration and people posting on social media and you know, some people really can't handle that kind of environment. And for me personally, it did make me feel bad about myself that I wasn't good enough and that I could never achieve this particular look that I wanted to. And now I realize that I just, I need to work with what I have. Like I'm always going to be a pear shape and, you know, to make to balance that out, I built up my back and my shoulders more muscular to have more of an hourglass figure, but I'm always going to have this sort of petite shape, you know? There's only so much you can do, so I'm just rambling now, but it's all about not comparing, trying not to compare yourself to others and be supportive of people and their goals and also just not make it all about weight loss, like about, you know, getting stronger, more powerful. How can we... How can we be more and track your progress in different ways, not just what the scale says? You know what I mean? Yeah, this is making so much sense. And yet, on the other hand, it may be difficult for some people to grasp the idea that you are the publisher of a magazine called Definition, which implies that we want to go to the gym and, and, and have, be lean enough that the muscle shows and have some of that sculpted. So playing devil's advocate, how how does that tally up alongside all body types are fine? Actually, definition means that you are able to define yourself in any way that you see fit. Ooh. So if you want to be a runner, if you want to be a powerlifter, if you want to be 
a swimmer, a triathlete, whatever you want to be, that's how you define yourself. No one else defines couch potato. (laughs) No one else defines your life. You define yourself. So it's not just about definition as a muscle definition. It's a much broader, bigger picture term. I see. But, you know, I was actually kind of serious, Christy, with the couch potato thing. Because I know that in the vegan world, there's a lot of push for health. A lot of people are vegan only for their health. And and even people who do it for other reasons are encouraged, and I've encouraged people, you know, get as healthy as you yourself can be because you're an advertisement. The animals are counting on you. Everybody is counting on you to be a good example of being vegan. But I almost wonder if that's even more pressure because when you were talking about bodybuilding, well, that's pressure to have more muscle but be lean where you're supposed to be lean, et cetera, et cetera. And then you look at a fashion magazine, and then you're supposed to be skinny with breast implants. And it's like, oh, my gosh, there are so many images of perfect, (laughs) even which one to shoot for, much less that most people aren't going to make any of them. It just becomes dizzying. It is. And this is why, for me, like I I stopped following any kind of account that was like that on social media because I didn't need to see those images. I needed to do what was best for me. But um, it's it's difficult to be a woman these days because we yeah. are told that we should be this or this or this. And the hope of the magazine is really just to inspire and empower women with tools and content and inspiration and transformation stories and but going back to what you were saying when I first got into this industry I lived in Los Angeles so Uh I was I was really bombarded with this like they're literally I I when I would come back home to Texas to visit my family it was a complete culture shock like I was just enveloped in this attitude that you had to look a certain way and at that time I did want to look a certain way and I, and I felt the pressure to be the poster child for veganism. And of course I was younger then, so I didn't have to work as hard to be a certain shape, but I was thin. I was the thinnest I've ever really been. And I wasn't necessarily happy, but I wanted to be that poster child. And now that I've gotten older, you know, 13 years later, uh, and now that I've actually gotten into fitness and sculpting my own body, it, it made me more understanding and empathetic to people who may have a different body style or body shape. And now I feel like, you know, I want to be this body image warrior for, for uh-huh. people because I just, I just, I get really sad when I see how people are mistreated online and how the vegan community does, not necessarily the vegan community, I think it's more the plant-based movement, plant-based community, but it seeps into the vegan community as well. And then, of course, there's different organizations that use fat shaming, body shaming, and, and then there's diet shaming, and there's, you know, there's just all kinds of shaming happening all the time, and it's so frustrating and sad. And um, I'm just rambling again, but it's... No, it's- it's difficult. This is important stuff. And one of the wonderful answers to all the shame is Definition Magazine. So we are going to take a break right now and come back. And after that, we're going to talk about this fabulous publication, what you're doing over there, some of the stories in the current issue and the upcoming issue. So do stay with us. We'll be back with more Main Street Vegan here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. 
This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. I'll light a candle in your name. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. I am here with Christy Morgan who is, among many other things, the editor-in-chief and creator of Definition Magazine, which is a really beautiful publication. This is an online magazine at this point. Exquisite photography, really, really well done. You can tell that this is not just something that you put up online. This, This is a serious professional magazine, which I totally applaud, What was the inspiration for getting into the magazine business just at a time when people are being told, don't do that, you'd be better off as a blacksmith? (laughs) Yes, um, we are about to figure out if we can take it to print, and there's a mixed response to that. Most people are like, we want to have it in our hands, do it. And then some people are like, why are you going to do that? But uh, basically, I started this vegan fitness group for women on Facebook and it took off really fast and like people were sharing and women were inspired. It was for women only. It was the first like vegan fitness group for women and the women in there actually suggested it. They were like, why don't you start a magazine for women? (laughs) And there's nothing, there is no vegan fitness magazine for women. So I was like, okay, who wants to help? And I put out a call and um, multiple people came forth and now I have this amazing team of women and men. I've added men to the, um, to the contributors and we're going strong now. I mean, this is our second year yet. So many people still don't know about it because it is online. If it was print, I think a lot more people would know about it and they'd see it and they, in the bookstore and the grocery store and they would, you know, freak out once they actually saw it. Because like you said, it's, it's definitely professional. It's well done. I mean, I I wouldn't put anything out that wasn't beautiful and amazing. (laughs) Well, and you've really done it. You really, really have. So I hope in in the wonder of podcasting, you know, maybe there's somebody listening who wants to be in touch with you and throw in a whole bunch of money and get you in those grocery stores and everywhere else. In the meantime, tell us what is in the current magazine particularly the article about women of a certain age. <laughs> and just so you know, we will be doing a Kickstarter if we do decide to go to print. So we will need funds. So keep that in mind, those we of you that are listening. <laughs> yes, I have a dog named Forbes. He will contribute. <laughs> I had the idea to feature women over 50 because 
you see a lot of um, propaganda or whatever in the uh, in the paleo world and different the uh, the carbophobics and things like that about how people that are vegan long term are not healthy or don't look healthy or not successful or anything like that. So it was important to me to feature women and one man. Um, just throw some men in there too because we love our vegan men. We do indeed. <laughs> that are over 50 and that are fit, healthy, happy. And, you know, they do, they set in a, a great example and they, like, I was so inspired, even though it was my idea. And I chose the, the women, like just reading their interviews and their stories and their advice and their tips. It was so inspirational to me as someone who is creeping towards 40 and just all the advice that you guys gave I mean, it was just really helpful. So you, you, Victoria, are, are my inspiration. Like you, Miyoko, everybody that we feature, just like, you just wow me so much. <laughs> well, you're very kind. And I am wowed by all our vegan athletes of every age. I mean, Miyoko, oh my gosh, she did a Tough mutter race. I mean, in my dreams, which may mean in my next incarnation, I will do a Tough Mudder race. Or maybe if there's one without the electric shocks, I might consider in this life. But it's so important. I think it is important that we inspire each other. It's a wonderful magazine, and thank you so much for including me in that article. So that's what's online now. If if you subscribe today, you can see that issue with all kinds of other things. Just tell us some of the other articles. I don't want to imply that the whole issue is about people over 50. Yes, there's something for everyone. We always have um, delicious recipes. We have workouts in every issue that everyone can do, no matter what their fitness level. Um, we have transformation stories, interviews with athletes. Every issue has just different incarnations of those things. And, and you and have, the, uh, oh, sorry. I was going to tell you about the one that's coming up. And I was going to ask you about the one coming up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I decided to feature vegan families for the next issue um, because that's another kind of hot topic. Like, oh, people, you can't raise your kids vegan or that's not healthy or they're not going to get all their nutritional needs met. And that's just, as we know, BS. So I'm featuring six amazing families of all different kinds that I know. And we have interviews with um, athletes that competed in a, in a national competition um, against, you know, omnivores and so many people placed and did awesome. So we have inspirational interviews. Oh, and thank you for mentioning the family thing because that gives me permission to mention a story that um, is newly out about my daughter. The publication is called Science Line and the story is called The Squirrel Saving Stunt Woman. <laughs> because those of you who listen to this show a lot know that my daughter, Adair, is a licensed uh, New York wildlife rehabilitator. She's also a professional stunt performer. She just did a gig last week for House of Cards. She's been... Um, the stunt double on Gotham for the young Batman. So if you want to read that, just go to scienceline.org and check out the squirrel saving stunt woman. Vegans are cool. Oh my gosh, we are. And we should just show those paleo people what we can do every chance we get. So Christy, how do we subscribe to definition magazine? Um, definitionfitnessmagazine.com is our website and we do have a blog over there. Um, all of our team works on a volunteer basis. Nobody gets paid. I don't get paid. Um, so our blog content is kind of random when we can get posts up there because we're working hard on the magazine. But, um, definitely check out our website. Um, we use a website called Gumroad, which is a great platform that allows us to have our subscription there and get you those files that are quite large that you can download to your iPad or your computer. So all the links are available there. You can subscribe to the four issues and just, just for four issues, just for the subscription. I just lost you, Christy. Oh, huh? it's all, it's only $15 for this subscription. 
Well, and that is a bargain because these are incredible photographs and one heck of a lot of inspiration. So do take yourself over to definitionfitnessmagazine.com. You'll be really, really glad you did. And one other thing before I ask you another, shall we say, satani question. I need another word for meaty. So for today, it's satani. But I want to ask you about your yoga retreat. You are taking people to Mexico this fall, and you're going to get them in incredible shape physically and spiritually. Tell us about that. Yes, thank you. Um, it's important to me to give people a wealth of information. So yes, having a vacation is great. Yes, having a yoga retreat is great. But this one has cooking classes, fitness classes, talks. So it's more of a conference than just than just a yoga retreat. So um, we're going to Mexico. It's October 22nd. Definitely check it out. That's on my website, blissfulandfit.com. I'll even offer $100 off to your podcast listeners just mention mm. main street vegan wow that's a great deal so blissful and fit do we spell out the and mm-hmm. okay so for the mexico retreat and other information about christy and her work blissful for the magazine definition fitness magazine.com now, Christy, we were talking earlier about our wonderful vegan athletes. I love them to pieces. I admire them no end. Why is it important that we have them? Well, for me, I think the fitness industry is sort of the most brainwashed about needing animal protein for success. And I think it's super important. Like a lot of people are like, oh, that's not for me and that's fine. But those of the those people that are out there showing the world that you can be um, an athlete, that you can be powerful, strong, fit, healthy on a vegan diet is huge because we need to transform people's um, definition of what a vegan is. And oftentimes, it's we have this weak and scrawny image to people, and it's just not true, right? So. I think it's amazing, and the more press that that industry gets with veganism, the better because we really we're really up against a huge movement when it comes to like the paleo diet and mm. and fitness in general. So, oh, it's it's so true. Joshua Catcher, the fashion designer who's who's been on the show, does CrossFit, which is a highly paleo centric form of of exercise, and he's just in such amazing shape. And it makes me happy whenever I think that he's over there at that gym where people are saying you can't do what you do and eat what you eat, and he's just defying that day after day. And I am, I must admit, very jealous that you have a vegan-owned gym. Be still my beating heart. It's actually closed, unfortunately, since Ah, then. Yeah. But I've watched Joshua. I've watched Joshua put on, like, who knows how many pounds of muscle in the last couple of years doing CrossFit. And it's it's awesome to watch. It really, truly is. Well, vegans, we need some vegan gyms. I know that there's, um, is it Ed Bauer that has Mm -hmm. a vegan gym out in Portland? So So there's one. They're in San San Francisco Francisco? Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. So there are many opportunities. (laughs) So we just have a couple of minutes left. Christy, what's your number one tip for inspiring people to go vegan and stay vegan? My number one tip, I mean, it really is the big picture. It's the one thing I find that can change everything in your life, your own personal life, but also has a ripple effect to so many different areas like environmentally, economically, socially, et cetera, um, spiritually, if you're into that. And it's just life-changing. You do so much good for yourself and others when you go vegan. So definitely try it. Uh, you know, that is so obvious to those of us who are doing it. And I have yet to understand why it's such a hard sell. <laughs> right? <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. We are. We are. Now, you live in Austin, and I live in New York City. And I think in both of these places, maybe it's easy to believe that we're getting there. 
wonder how close we really are in a whole lot of places in this country, not to mention around the world. What do you think? Well, with social media and the Internet, like we and you just never know who you're going to influence in your life. Um, So all those vegans that are out there in those small cities that don't have a community and don't have friends that are vegan as well start those communities, really get out there and connect with people, do what you can to build. If you build it, they will come. So (laughs) So true. Have potlucks and share food with your coworkers and your friends and family and show, show documentaries, you know, have movie nights, you know, do whatever you can and build that community. If you don't have somebody, you know, if you don't have one nearby. So, so true. And if you want, if you want the best dish at the potluck, get yourself a copy of Blissful Bites, Plant-Based Meals That Nourish Mind, Body, and Planet by Christy Morgan. You can find Christy at blissfulandfit.com. You can look at and subscribe to and read the blog for Definition Fitness Magazine at definitionfitnessmagazine.com. And remember, to our first guest, Joy Davy, author of Healing Circles. She is at joydavy.com. Thank you all so much for being a part of the Main Street Vegan Experience today. God bless you and eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Cerce points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. At the base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that Source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Reverend Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.